We are Centrepoint Church. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message. Good morning, my name is Chris and I get the privilege of serving in Centrepoint Church by leading our leadership team. And this morning we're going to be continuing our series called Faith in a Real World. Each week we've been hearing about the difference that faith makes with, in the world with this whole current coronavirus pandemic. In Daniel chapter 1 we were introduced to a guy called Daniel and his three friends. These guys, um, along with their entire nation, was exiled by Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar in around 600 BC. And like us, they find themselves um, in completely unexpected circumstances. And they're just a wonderful example to us on how we can have faith in the midst of a real crisis in our real world. So this morning, I've called my talk King of Kings. And in the midst of this crisis, Daniel remembered the King of Kings. He praised him. He praises him. And then he trusts in his power. We're going to see how um, these things come through by reading through Daniel chapter 2 and the words will appear on the screen for you as well. Daniel chapter 2. In the second year of his reign Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep so the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king he said to them I've had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. See, the king wants to know what the dreams means. It is something that he would have asked for many times. So he gathers, I guess, all the heads of the different departments to come, like the astrologers, the enchanters, the sorcerers, to find out what the dream meant and why it kept him awake so all night. Like any king in the ancient world, he knew the importance of having people on his payroll that could give an interpretation like this, to give advice, to predict future trends and patterns. They were his think tank or sage, as it were. They were his special team of experts and they would forecast the future political, economic, social and religious state of society. And so they hear his request and they say, sure, go ahead, tell us the dream. And we will interpret it. Let's carry on reading. Then the astrologers answered the king. May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers. This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it. I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards of great honour. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Wow, the king has, has summoned them and they responded like they would have countless of times awaiting for the king to say the dream so that they can interpret it. However, at this point, Nebuchadnezzar introduces an extraordinary complication. He says, I want you to tell me the dream and interpret it as well. And if you don't, then you're all going to be killed. So the Babylonian wise men were absolutely horrified at such an unreasonable request. They were diviners, not prophets. So they are like, Nebs, this is just not how it works. You need to tell us the dream and then we'll interpret it for you. Once more, they replied, 
Let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time because you realise that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is only one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream and I will know that you can interpret it for me. <laughs> Again, they're astonished. This is impossible, they're thinking. The astrologers answered the king, There is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. So let's pause there. Not only has Daniel been taken captives from his homeland, not only has he been separated from his family, not only has his whole life been changed upside down, but now, you know, not even only that, they've changed his name, they tried to change his food. Not only that, but he's been sent to a Babylonian university to learn their new customs. But upon graduation, he is now counted amongst the diviners and the wise men. So along with them all, he's now been given this execution order. Man, this is horrendous for him. You know, psychologists say that there are key things that help everyone function well, regardless of faith position, regardless of culture, income or background. People need these things to function. First one is social connectedness, things like community, clubs, work, groups to belong to. We weren't made to be alone. Daniel, he was in a new country with just three others that he knew. And they, those four were living in the same household. All their other social connections had completely changed. He wasn't able to see his, the rest of his extended family or other people that he would have known or been associated with. It's just like us. Another thing we need to function well is structure and routine. God built structure into our lives. We have day and night, weeks and months, seasons and years. Each day is broken down into meals and we go to work and, and from work. Daniel's routine and his structure, it completely changed as he was brought into this whole new culture as he was exiled. This is tough. Just like many of us today, our structures and routines have change too and that can cause difficulties a third thing that helps everyone function well is security security in our health our, our jobs our finance our, our food when these things are stable we feel secure and we have good emotional and mental well-being we can function well but for Daniel his job changed his food was changed his finance would have been very different and now his health, even his life is at risk as he has this execution order. You know, that's very similar to the things that we are facing as our jobs have changed. Perhaps our finance has changed. Our food sources and how often and how much we can buy has changed and even our health is at risk. 
all of it increases our level of insecurity. You know, we're all experiencing something similar to what Daniel would have experienced with these key functions of well-being changing for us. So let's find out what he did. It says this. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And I guess this is the first point I want to build to. That in the face of an execution order, in the face of stress and trial and hardship, in the face of all these key functions changing, Daniel responds in prayer. Honesty and prayer. Let's just talk about honesty. He returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends. He is honest. It's probably quite a shock to him when he heard that the king had asked such a complicated request and then made the decision to execute him along with all the others. Like all of us, this sudden news would have sent us through and him through the emotional cycle of chains. First shock, then denial, then anger and blame, and then following leading on to acceptance and resolution. For Daniel, having gone through these things, which all of us go through, even if you know where you are on that, you will all go through this when we're given sudden news like we have been this week. He recognises the situation and explains the matter to his friends. You know, communication is just so important for our own mental and emotional well-being. Being honest, telling people how we feel, telling our friends what's going on in our hearts. Being honest with the frustrations is a, is a good thing. And we're, we're all experiencing them. He does this with the people in his household. And so can we. You know, even if you're living alone and you're isolated, getting on FaceTime, Zoom, Skype, talking is so important. You know, in Centrepoint Church, we run life groups and they're generally meeting every week at the moment in order to help people to share all that's going on and to encourage one another together. You know, you can do that too. You can do that in our life groups. You can do that with your family, your colleagues, your friends. Make sure you're connecting with people, being honest. Daniel, which means God is my judge, found his friends. Hananiah, meaning God is gracious. Mishael, meaning who is like God, he's unique. And Azariah, meaning God is able and willing to help. They encourage one another, they're honest. And then they pray. It says this, that to they plead for mercy from the God of heaven. You know, whatever situation that you are going through, you know, it's not a surprise to God. However impossible it might feel, however unreasonable, however ridiculous, God knows. And he is sovereign and he calls us to seek him in the face of it all. Daniel didn't know how it was all going to turn out and neither do we. But he prayed before anything happens. And so can we. 
The wise men of Babylon think that it's impossible from their worldview. They don't believe that any God will reveal himself to people. Yet Daniel knows the God who is not hidden. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and Joseph and Moses. He knows the one who is able and willing to reveal his plans and purposes to mankind. The God who has protected him in exile and given him strength even though he's been eating vegetables. The one who gave him great understanding. The God who has never let him down for one day in his life. The one who is sovereign over every situation. That God they are going to pray to. You know, that same God is alive today and he is with us. And whilst the wise men say that no gods live among humans, you know, the God of Daniel, the one that the Bible speaks to, has revealed himself through his son, Jesus, whom he sent to this earth to live amongst us. Trusting in God when all human wisdom and means of support seem evaporated is never comfortable, yet it is the very best thing we're called to do. It doesn't mean that we become immune to disease, but knowing God means knowing his presence with us in the midst of trials. So don't panic. Let's be encouraged by Daniel to be honest, talk about our feelings and to pray. Let's carry on, shall we? During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. And you have made known to us the dream of the king. So the second thing I want to talk about there, and we talked about prayer, I want to talk about praise. Praising God. We're called to praise God privately and publicly. In here we see that Daniel doesn't just receive the answer and then run off and tell everyone. He stops to praise God privately. He fills his home and his household with praise. In the midst of this season, of change. Another key area that helps people function well is having control. Suddenly control has been taken away from lots of areas of our lives. You can no longer choose when to go out or for how long or where to go. You can't choose to go for a nice meal or to go to the pub or to go to the cinema, to pop to the theatre or even to your auntie's house. All of this can lead to frustration. Frustration can lead to disobedience. You know, in the UK, one common thing that we all have is this sin of, I am the exception to the rule. We all believe it. And it's so easy out of our frustration to think like that and to just say, oh, well, I'll be all right if I pop out twice today. I really need that thing. And who, who would really know anyway? I'm the exception because I need X, Y or Z. You know, whilst crime is down, it's no surprise at all that civil disobedience is up. Because people need a sense of control over their lives to function well. And they can feel like in the midst of this situation that that control has been taken away. Frustration in this area can also lead to other sins. We know that pornography use is on the rise. We know that domestic abuse has increased. We know that for those ahead of us in the pandemic, relational breakdown and the divorce rate is higher in those countries. We know 
that in our frustration, it's easy for people to put on weight. It's easy for us to scream at our kids and get angry. It's easy for us to feel like we've lost a sense of control over our lives. It's easy to feel frustrated. Yet do you know that there is so much that we can still have control over? What we eat, what we wear, what we watch, what we read, what we cook, what we play, how we spend our time each day. Daniel He chose some things. He took control. He chose to talk to his friends. Then he chose to pray. And then he chooses to fill his house with praise. It doesn't just happen. He chose it. He made a decision. He didn't let the situation get to his head, but he remembered who was in ultimate control and who gave him honour. Much like many people are doing today, he reminded himself of the really important things in life. And in him, the number one was that he was made for a relationship with God. So having got the answer before he rushes off and does anything, he fills his house with praise. Let's follow his example. Let our homes be a centre of praise, reminding ourselves that God has the whole world in his hands, including our lives in his care. Verse 24 carries on. Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king and I will interpret his dream for him. This this is a funny bit. Arioch took Daniel to the king at once and said, Hey, I found the man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. He did no such thing. Daniel went to him. He didn't find Daniel. But that's just how we all are, isn't it? That we just want to take credit for the slightest little thing that, that might come up. It's the complete opposite to what Daniel does, who gives God the glory. It carries on. The king asked Daniel, who's also called Belteshazzar, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to things to come. The revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. When we praise God privately, It's so much easier to praise him publicly. Daniel is quick to acknowledge that it's not his own wisdom, understanding or knowledge that is great, but the God whom he serves is great. The Babylonian wise men said that it was impossible, but he says there is a God I know for whom nothing is impossible. And it's not because I'm great, but it's because he wants to reveal himself to you. The final thing I want to mention that helps people to function well is purpose. In this current crisis, it's easy for us to feel that our purpose has been stripped. If you're like me, then you might feel like you're a bit of a a bad worker as you can't quite work in the same way you used to. You might feel like you're a bad parent because you you maybe give the kids a bit more TV than you'd like. You, You might feel like you're not really accomplishing much in your day as each job is sort of half finished. 
It's easy for morning to blur into lunch and you're still in your pajamas and lunch to blur into dinner. And if you're feeling a little lost right now, you know what? I'm not surprised at all because our lives, uh, in order to function well, need that, that sense of purpose. I don't know about you, but suddenly all these jobs around our house are starting to get done that we've been meaning to do for a while. When we do them, it gives us a sense of purpose and also accomplishment as they are completed. Gardening, planting, painting, cleaning, upcycling. It's no surprise that online sales of DIY stores are really healthy at the moment. Daniel, even in the midst of exile, persecution and imminent death sentence, social distancing from all that he knows, even in the midst of a change of diet and in a change of name, he doesn't forget his purpose, which is to praise God, it's to love him and it's to make him known. It's what he's made us for and to bring God's perspective into the lives of all those around us. And so he starts by giving God all the credit, not himself. He says, no one can do this, but God is doing this because he wants to reveal his purposes to you, King Nebuchadnezzar. In the midst of this season, let's be a people that know how to keep healthy. So let's give each day a, a purpose, you know, get up, brush your teeth, set tasks for the day and tick them off as you go so you can feel a sense of accomplishment. It will really help you. And let's also remember our ultimate purpose is to bring glory to God. So let's continue to support our neighbours, to share the peace that we have, to encourage our key workers. And when people ask us, oh, where do you get this peace from? We say, hey, it's not my strength. It's not my power. It's not my wisdom. But it's God who has blessed me with his presence, with his peace that surpasses all understanding through the power of his Holy Spirit. When we praise God privately in our homes and fill our houses with praise, it's so much easier to praise him publicly like Daniel did. What we're going to do is read the rest of the chapter now. It's quite a chunk. And then we'll do our final point. Your majesty looked and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. This is the, the vision that uh, Daniel had of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a freshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. And now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds in the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will arise inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly baked of clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. 
As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honour and ordered that an offering and uh, an incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. So we've had prayer and praise. And just before we sing one last time, it's worth us pointing out the last point of Daniel chapter two, and that is power. Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar that his life is not the be all and end all. That there is a king whose kingdom is greater than anything that he has ever seen or experienced. It is powerful, eternal, everlasting, never ending and the only firm place to put our trust. King Nebuchadnezzar is only concerned with his kingdom and keeping power. Yet did you spot that the gold which represents Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon is going to be overtaken by an inferior kingdom of silver? then another inferior one, bronze and so on. This is not good for Nebuchadnezzar. It reveals the frailty of his kingdom and even as an inferior one can overtake it, it must have damaged his ego massively and it would have reminded him of the frailty of his life as he is reminded that it, he won't live forever and neither will his kingdom. Did you notice that the final word of history does not lie with a new and improved version of the statue of man? Rather, it lies with something radical that God will do. A rock that is not formed by human hands. It might start small and lack glory, but God grows it to fill the whole earth. You know, God always did use the foolish things of this earth to shame the wise. That rock that is depicted, Daniel didn't know it. But we know that that is the supernaturally formed rock is Jesus. Jesus also was not made by human hands, but conceived supernaturally through God's spirit. He came to this earth with humble beginnings and he was also lavished with gifts and incense too on the night that he came. Yet his kingdom grows and it's continued to grow to fill the earth and now over a third of the world's population trust and follow him. When he died and rose again, he defeated death, conquered the grave and showed that his words are trustworthy and true. For some of us, the virus might bring our lives to an end. It's true, it might. But for those of us who trust in Jesus, 
We know, even though our physical bodies might die, even though the things around us, the physical things of this kingdom might fade away, that our lives are far from over. Faced with the prospect of his own kingdom and life coming to an end, Nebuchadnezzar declares him as God of gods and Lord of kings. He was close. We know him as King of kings and Lord of lords. The Babylonian wise men said that the gods do not live among men. While Jesus, he came to this earth, revealed himself to us, showed us what God is like. He healed people. He spoke to people. He told of his death and resurrection. And then he died and rose again. He revealed himself to hundreds of people after his resurrection. And by the power of his Holy Spirit, he reveals himself to you and to me today. In these challenging times, the things that we set up as heads of gold in our lives, our cars, our sports, our houses, our clubs, our hobbies, all these things, we realise that they are just temporary and only bring short term joy and satisfaction. You know, through the power of the work that God accomplished through Daniel on that day, everyone was saved. No one was killed that day and Daniel was exalted to a high place in the royal court. The power of God was also shown 600 years later that in this, although not appearing in majesty, although being born in a manger, although dying on a cross like any stone looks average and insignificant, Jesus, the cornerstone, the one whom the kingdom is built on, came to this earth to reveal his kingdom by dying even on a cross for our sins. Through this, God is able to save everybody who puts their trust in Jesus. And just like Daniel was exalted to the high place, God also exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That out of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. All the wise men were given a stay of execution. And I wonder what they did. Did they praise God like Nebuchadnezzar or did they ignore it as an irrelevant fluke? Through the power of the work that God has accomplished through Jesus' death and resurrection, we can know an eternal life and we can also be given a stay of execution. With Jesus himself taking the rightful punishment of our sins that we deserve, I wonder what will you do with that news? Will you ignore it as an irrelevant myth or will you praise God and trust him and follow him and put your faith in him the one whose kingdom will never fail and never end before we worship I think it'd be good to pray let's pray that God will reveal himself to us that we will be people that are honest and pray to him that we would praise him privately and publicly and that we would remember God's mighty power accomplished through Jesus and received by his spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much that you are the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that you're over all things. I want to thank you that you know all that we are going through right now, just as you knew all that you were going through in Daniel's time. Thank you, Lord God, that you revealed yourself to Daniel and his friends as they came and sought you. And I pray, Lord God, even right now, where we are in our households, just like Daniel was, Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us, that we would know you closely, that we would know your power and your presence in our lives. 
Help us, Lord God, to be a people that trust you. For all of those of us that don't yet, I pray would you show yourself to us that we can know, Lord God, that you are true and trustworthy. And for those that do know you, Lord, I pray, help us or give us strength to face each day. Help us to be honest about our feelings and to pray to you regularly. Help us to fill our house with praise and prayer. Help us to be a people who praise you publicly and privately. And Lord God, we are pray would you help us to know your power in our lives, that we would be strengthened to face each day. Help us, Lord God, to function well as human beings in our society, to stay home, to, to save the NHS and to save lives. Help us to support the government and all that it's doing and help us, Lord God, to reveal your glory to all the people that are around us. We trust you, Heavenly Father, and we just want to declare that you are our King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are sovereign over it all. And so we come to worship you again. And thank you, Lord God, that you are good. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening. Please do come and visit us. Sundays, 10am at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.